All right, so we've been in isolation for about a month and a half now. Has it really been that long? 40 something, day 40 something. So like a month and a half at this point. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a while. I'm not like counting the days anymore because I'm, I never really was, but I I've gotten the feeling it's one or two months, right? When yeah. did I start working from home? Oh, I uh, guess I remember mid-March. you saying mid March yeah, is when I started working it. from home. Mid March, I, I I know because it was like right before St. Patrick's Day is when everybody really started. Yeah, social distancing. Um, the point I'm bringing up though is a lot of us have had time to go through multiple different special interests and hobbies in that time sure i feel like i tried sourdough it, it did not go well like <laughs> oh, had a good because i thought well maybe i should but if you can't i, I, never... <laughs> I was thinking about doing bread too for a while i'm i'm very bad at the actual bread of it all like like once What's i that? get to the bread stage i can make a great starter but i just i can't work with dough i'm very bad with dough I'm all right at it. I tried making my own tortillas that I did do, and I've yeah, working with dough is definitely harder than I was. It's so hard. Before. Yeah. Now, especially leavened dough that you're trying to like get to all like stick That's together and come thing. together. That that was very difficult. I will be making some Colombian corn cakes this weekend, but like that's a lot easier. Is that an unleavened corn cake? It, yes, it is. They're adepas. They're oh, different oh, adepas. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In everybody's different culture. I, I specify Colombian because those are the kind that I'm used to making and know how to make. Right, yeah. But the uh, the hobby that I have settled into the most is definitely coffee, I feel mm. like. like uh, I know that both Chris and I have been ordering beans from a local roaster lately and enjoying that. And I've been like trying to get really good at pour-over. I'm not doing the pour-over thing, but I, I did actually buy a coffee grinder like day two of quarantine yeah because yeah. i was like well if i'm gonna have the time then i might as well yeah. just go for it yeah. exactly so i have a friend who's actually quite good and quite knowledgeable about the processes of making coffee at home and i i, I thought i would bring him on you know just for a minute this is gonna i don't know what this bit's gonna i don't do, know what this ready is but... for it all right. Well, uh, you know, I'm going to just dial in my friend right here. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me. I'm here for talking coffee. We're going yeah, to we're gonna talk about the pour over, the espresso, the drip coffee, all the good stuff. It's me, your friend, and I like coffee. Is it Bernie Sanders? Yeah, I was getting Bernie Sanders, but it's not supposed Excuse to be Excuse me, Sanders. but my name is Victor Honey Process. I don't like and this. I know a lot about coffee and coffee roasting. So if you got any coffee questions, I'm here to share them with you. What kind of coffee were you drinking when you endorsed Joe Biden for president? Oh Jesus! <laughs> I, you know I'm a, I'm a, I'm thinking about withdrawing that endorsement at the moment. So let's not talk about that. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh boy. Wait, well, I don't get it. Is this supposed to be Bernie Sanders? Who is it is It is not. I do not know why you're asking me political questions. But here, I'm going to share with you my essential pour-over process. Me, Mr. Victor Honey process. Interesting. Here to talk about coffee. So, you got two different kinds of pour-over you can do. You can do a Chemex. You can do a V60. I have both of them. I put them next to each other. I call them my twin towers. Never forget about it. Jesus <laughs> You, you put your filter in, but you got to make sure you wet your filter. 
And when you wet your filter, you want to preheat the vessel you're making it in. Or your coffee is just going to get cold. Nobody likes cold coffee. Yeah, you preheat it. You got a hottest bada bing. Yay! For anybody listening, I don't know what's happening either, but I'm learning stuff right now. I'm really just letting. This I legit have course. no idea how people make. I don't know how pour over actually works because all I. Well, see the is first it, thing you're gonna do, uh-oh. you're gonna want to weigh out your beans. Weigh your beans. It's very important. Go buy a scale. You can get it at Bed Bath and Beyond. You can get it at Target. Get it wherever you want to. Order it off Amazon if you're really distancing right now. That's how you make your coffee with a scale. You weigh out your beans, you grind your beans for pour over, you want a medium to coarse, and then you pour your water for 30 seconds over those beans. Is it already boiling? Like, is that how it works? It should be, you need to boil it, and you want a swan neck kettle to control the flow. And then you want to boil it, wait 30 seconds, wait 30 seconds, and then you pour the water over the beans and let it sit for 30 seconds. You just want to wet them. You don't want to push it through, you want to let out that carbon dioxide. Is that what the bubbles yeah. are and the people I see their stories of doing pour over every morning? Exactly. You know, you you know the the, the, the common dioxide's like, hey, I'm sitting there, but you know, you just gotta <laughs> pour it and let it out. <laughs> what do you want your coffee to taste like a Coca-Cola? I don't think so. Actually. That would be the most jarring thing. I love Americolas. Man, I should make myself an Americola tomorrow. Here's the most important part. You got to have the right amount of water. You got to make sure you use 17 times the weight of the coffee. So you pour your water on the scale. Just straight so up let's on say, the uh, scale. No cup or anything. Just pour d- d- it on the scale. Yeah, you pour it on the scale and then you <laughs> pour it into. Yes, yes, exactly. So let's say uh, you want you want like a coffee for one. Coffee for one. Let's say uh, you, you want it just for yourself. You're going to do uh, 26 grams of beans, but it's a lot easier to do the math. It's so much, but it's the right amount. It's easier to do the math if you just do 30 grams and say do 30 grams of beans. You're going to do 17 times that. That's 510 grams of water. But what is that in like a volume amount? I I make me and the coffee for the missus, so I do 50 grams of beans. But how much, and like, I do 850 grams of water. But, like, how much is that in things that aren't grams? I can't visualize it, how much grammage. I think volume of water. Yeah. Well, uh, well I mean, think of, it in, think of it in milliliters if it helps you. Yeah, yeah, gram uh, of water so, uh, is a milliliter. Yeah, so 510, you're looking at half a liter of coffee. I don't really that's, like units, but... That's kind of a well, lot well, of coffee. Units well, are no, kind of like essential. Half kind like of essential for coffee making. The one making. thing I don't like about, like, some of this coffee making stuff is so much coffee to make for like a good cup and i'm like yo i live by myself i mean how long is it like still gonna taste good if you drink it what is that in cups let me convert that to cups well uh this is this is where you gotta have the right equipment i've actually got a question for that uh a response for that question all right mr gabe all right yeah you you seem like a good paisan all right (laughs) oh this isn't as bad as i thought once i converted so 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 basically hey hey, we're talking about equipment i'm talking here but i'm trying to Put how much I'm talking this is for people that don't know how to like convert grams to a unit that makes sense. So is this is this a new character we've created or you created? Let's I'm not a character. I'm Mr. Victor Honey Process. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is our, this hey, is our hey, first uh, bit. <laughs> hey, uh, Victor. Victor. Uh, John here. You know, John, host of the podcast. Uh, viewers want to know. 
you, you know, you made you made references to the uh, the Twin Towers and uh, several several New York references. How long have you lived in v- New York? Are you kidding? I'm from Providence. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Is that a good joke? I've made the honey it. process. I'm leaving now, everybody. It's just that the got a coffee New question York set accent, in my way. The New York accent that people do a lot of the time like that to me sounds almost closer to New England a lot of the time. So I thought that was funny. Anyway, wave goodbye to Mr. Victor Honey Process. <laughs> goodbye, Mr. Victor. We've learned a lot Honey about about, uh, about coffee today, everyone. Yeah, yeah, this was very informative. Okay, here's something like, that might actually help. You. V- Victor really knows his stuff, doesn't he? Wait, this is dried goods. Wait, how much grammage of uh, grammage is a great word? How I don't much know grammage if... of coffee beans did you say? He said like so for 50. for like. For like one, for, for two, two people, people, I make fifty, and that gives us about I would say like a cup and a half per person, maybe two. Well, I'm just trying to see how many cups of beans that is to get that grammage. That's like oh, not even a cup, like half a cup, maybe. Well, like maybe a, a cup, cup, but like oh, or half still a, cup. a lot. How consistent is like the density of coffee beans? That seems like decent. It's pretty. It's pretty consistent. I really Grams genuinely I water. You know, it's funny that his his last name is Honey Process cuz I had a very good Honey Process coffee over there. Oh, weekend. wait. Okay. See, this is why I don't like grams. 500 grams is like 2 cups of water. Okay. Yeah. But never mind. I drink then like one second. So let's so let's say you want coffee for one, 30 grams of beans to 510 grams of water. That's a good ratio right there for you. Well, I make like According to my coffee maker, like five cups of coffee a day. This is the thing that I've Jesus. been discovering is that coffee makers and espresso makers, the things that they provide to measure with are not, how you say, accurate? <laughs> yeah, there's a, the, um, the like coffee maker, the, the Keurig thing at the game store that they have, it has like three buttons on it. And one of them is, they ju- they're just cups of three different sizes, mm-hmm, but they don't mm-hmm. list volumes or look like distinct types of cup. The and I'm just like, other oh. thing that really bugs me is you're either making really weak coffee when you make a big one or really strong coffee when you make a small one. Hmm. Maybe, maybe there's like higher end ones for like people that are really into coffee that actually pay attention to that. But they're probably also 500 million coffee bucks. Which are the dollars you used to buy coffee stuff? <laughs> exactly. Huh. Anyway, coffee tangent over. Aren't we haven't actually said the name of the show. We probably should have put that uh, way earlier. Uh, if we do it now, you could always just edit it to come like two minutes earlier in the show than it actually does Hi, with no context. To, welcome to dudes in Discord drinking decaf. God. The welcome new, to them's the facts. Oh, never mind. I guess it's not that, no. This is Them's the Facts, a show about fun facts and lying to your friends. And apparently Mr. Victor Honey Process. Yeah, he's here. Uh, I'm Gabe. <laughs> he's still around! No, he's not. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Victor Woof, that process. was a lot. Also, I that just was... want to ask one more thing. Is a cup of coffee actually six ounces instead of eight for some reason? Actually, yes. So the standard measure of a cup of coffee is really six ounces because you leave room for cream. I think I sugar. drink too much um, coffee. You certainly do, but you also probably drink wheat coffee. So like maybe I'm most just... most of the measures in drip coffee are like weaker than you would expect. Because I think you like think four and drinking... a half cups. Of... You cert. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, okay. Well, at this point though, you're probably. I feel like people get pretty used to whatever their amount is, unless it's like super it's true. healthy. So. 
Yeah, because it's probably not good for me if I'm actually drinking like four cups of coffee. I mean, if you're used to it at this point, it would probably be worse for you if you stopped drinking four cups of coffee. Maybe I'm drinking more than usual. Mm, well, maybe because you're like really. I am definitely drinking more caffeine than usual because it's just like sometimes I'm just like, damn. I hate to say it, but it's something to do. <laughs> I'm like up from a cup of coffee like every month to like a cup of coffee every two days at least. Sometimes a cup of coffee every day. So like I'm up to that, but that's just because I've that just so been enjoying coffee. It's not too bad. Yeah, you're actually making a thing out of it. It's like. It's like when people say, like, oh, you know, it's not alcoholism if it's craft beer, except it's really the case instead of just an insensitive joke like that. Yeah. I mean, I genuinely enjoy the taste of coffee, but oh, yeah. the problem that I was having is sometimes I would drink way too much and it would trigger anxiety attacks. Oh, it's and now so I'm just, bad when that happens. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just, like, trying to learn to just enjoy it. I genuinely enjoy <clears throat> actually doing the show. So let's do, let's that. do that. We could do that. Um we should do that. I, I believe I'm first. Yes, uh, you are. So, in fact, I'm going to do that. Uh, so, um, f- here's what we got for this week. Um, one of the weirdest, like, f- hist- not historical, natural phenomena that I have heard of that I always thought was fake and is apparently real is, you know, the thing where it where, like, rains animals in places sometimes? And there's, like, places yeah. where it happens regularly? Um, in Nicaragua, there's a village where it supposedly rains fish every year, right? Uh, that is, yeah, it's called, um, I can't remember, but they have, like, a term for it. Like, they just call it, like, this is the fish rain, because it happens so regularly. Um, but what I am what I am bringing to the table today is that uh, in eastern Colorado, in the town of um, Fleming, Colorado, they once had a corn rain with bits of corn husks and ears and such and that is and and you know all the components of corn i guess i don't need to do the anatomy of the corn plant well you got your ear you got your eardrum no. yeah you you got your arm you got your lobes leg. wait wait is an eardrum a thing on corn i have no idea no no it's not i i'm just naming ear ear parts yeah i was gonna i was about to really I was like you got your corn dick your your uh corn <laughs> oh god but god yeah a butt of corn um, your your cornhole oh no i didn't even that was that was free i should have thought of that um <laughs> no yeah you're right that was a little more and i should give you more credit um but at any rate yes corn rain in in Fleming, colorado most you know mostly you got your like larger chunk like full-on is it just called an ear a cob is it called a cob when it's still on the plant no then it's an ear i'm i'm currently on a website that i searched i searched the anatomy of a corn on google and (laughs) now is it giving you like a foot corn or like actual like corn plant i i said the anatomy of a corn and now i'm on a page called anatomy and reproduction of corn and it's the plant as a whole so the ear is when it's on the plant Mm mm-hmm then you take it off. Oh, the cob is the the ear has then, a shank and, a and then it's a Van Gogh. And the cob. Oh, the co- oh, the cob is the is that center base thing. Yeah, the husk the is the thing is around it. The shank is the part that was connected to the node. The node, huh? Which is part of the stalk. Apparently, corn is kind of stalk or kind of like bamboo. It has like little nodes in it, I guess. Oh, oh, for- like like shoots and stuff. Yeah, it's got junctures, and those are called oh, nodes. Oh, you know why? Mm. 
I'm not a, I'm, I, I say you know why like I know why, but my guess, they're, they're both grasses, right? Corn is a grass. Oh, shit. Kind. I think you're right. I think you're right. Corn's a grass? I th- I could be wrong about that. That, that did not come. Grass. My but, like, the way it grows, like, compare it to, like, the, the grass that grows in your yard. Pretty similar. Man. I mean, bamboo's a grass. Now, see, now, this is why the, the whole thing of, like, what is everyone doing at home just gets, because now I'm like, well, now I want to roast corn. Like, I just, anything Man, sounds appealing. Oh, I should roast corn. Corn is. I should grill corn. I've got my grill going. Did you it's know there's not... only two ears of corn per stalk? I don't know why I thought there were exactly like exactly two every time. Like two Gosh. on average, but I don't know why I imagined there were like twenty of them. I don't know. I I guess just... that that does seem low though. I always thought there were like three or four at least. Hmm. I'm seeing two. Wow. I. Would... I... You think but it's like, like peanuts, where if you get three and one, it's like you're really excited about it for no reason. You know, I have cotija in my freezer. What's that? I could make an elote if I wanted to. I I could just make like it. straight up some Mexican corn right now. There's oh. so much. There's so many I can make this if I wanted to things that happen to me, and then like the obstacle comes of it. I feel like so many of my like best cooking ideas, it's just my own fault because they stop when I look at the recipe, and it's like. <laughs> it's like get the second bowl and i'm like nope <laughs> that's my secret i try to figure out i've i've mastered the one pot meal i've I, by which i mean i've put every combinatorially possible set of ingredients in the same pot at some point in time i've completely forgotten what the fact was oh, oh the, um it's cor- it's that corn rain corn. Anal- in colorado analogous oh. to the like so actually when i was reading about this too like it's funny the thing john mentioned is one of the things that i read about there's a town mm-hmm. where the fit where like fish rain happens like consistently and and they just call it they literally like use the phrase like the fish rain whatever I can't remember how to say that in Spanish. Lluvia de peces. Yeah, yeah, that's literally they say that and it's like, "Oh, it's yeah, it's la lluvia de peces." Again, like it's a regular occurrence here. Here it is. Every spring it's supposedly, like, Damn, how yeah. Do you live this way? I actually looked it up recently because there is a pivotal fish rain moment in Fargo season one, which I recently rewatched. Huh. <laughs> so I always wondered about that part. Cause like, are the, f- like, are the animals when this happens, are they dead? Are they alive? Like, are they equally confused? Cause like, I, don't I know. would imagine equally confused. So typically what the, the, uh, the theory is that it's like a tornado will like pick up like carry a water spout or something like that and just carry them over. That's, that's what happens. supposedly that's so wild to me though because it's like i've some of these animals i'm like are large enough like there are some big fish and i'm realizing like you know tornadoes are strong like that's the more i think about this wow (laughs) tornadoes are really strong everybody never been near one (laughs) never seen one motherfuckers are crazy well like you know that they're like i mean not just tornadoes though like not to not to be a downer but the wildest thing was going to uh, New Orleans like two years after Katrina oh, and seeing yeah. all the boats that were nowhere near docks. Oh, like, God, because they're just like they're so far that it's like they're not exactly. going to go they've get just, them. They don't know where they are. They've just been well or they've just been flung like too far to like reasonably be pulled back mm-hmm. in. They're just there. Jeez. Weather is wild. Weather is me, wild. It makes me think of that thing where they shoot the fish out of a cannon like into an ocean or whatever. Oh yeah, the salmon cannons. Yeah, salmon cannons. Oh, like the when they, fish to, to to help the salmon get upstream. Yeah. When they're uh, it makes me think when of they're tr- during mating season. Is I love the salmon cannons. Yeah, the 
<laughs> what it's like the whole thing with salmon is they they have like a difficult upstream swim. Why do we need to help them? Are they not okay? Did we mess something up? Well, for them? it's not that they're not okay, <laughs> but they're they are a okay? very they are a very important like food fish. Oh yeah, and honestly, they're good. I, I it sucks. They're for delicious. Them. They taste great. Yeah. I, it, salmon is, in my opinion, probably about the second tastiest fish. If I'd you have a like distinct third. second, what's what? You must have a distinct first that I'm curious about now. Tuna. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like Mine's, tuna. Yeah. Uh, probably bluefin and then uh, mahi mahi are better, I think. And then fish? salmon. Yeah. Um, huh. Have you ever had mahi mahi somewhere where they can like? get it like that day and then make a sandwich with it like perfectly well no i haven't but i have enjoyed That's, a mahi mahi that would sandwich change before. that would change your mind i mean let me put it this way salmon is in the top two that i can regularly cook and make tasty that's i can agree with that at least yeah in fact it's probably my number one fish for me to cook personally because i've messed up tuna before there's this i place. don't know why but i'm just having flashbacks to fishing salmon in runescape <laughs> there's this place in a Key West that I've been to every time I've gone to Key West that does like a mahi-mahi sandwich that they have gotten fresh like that morning and they make it and it's the greatest thing in the world. God, this really is a food episode so far. So far. I feel like it happens a lot, but this really, and it's it's just the coincidence of, so we, we've talked about this before and this is, this is a bit of a behind the curtain moment, but in doing this show, I've discovered that there really are only like five genres of of like fact like, the, like <laughs> only like only like between five and eight types of things happen what are and they so, go what are they it's like it's like food like movie or or like art in general i guess like like history is one of them some kind of like animal or biology thing you know like it's just like only a it's few four. kinds of things happen and i can exactly. that's four there's you know what the fifth one is, though. You know, I know what the fifth one what is, is but can can Gabe name it? Is my question. Oh, okay. So this is is, but this is like a serious cat. Like this is seriously a category we've done a lot, and you're and you're we're trying to remember here. This isn't like some joke I'm supposed to predict. No, no, no. This is this okay. is a serious category that gets um, gets used a lot. Uh, why? Am and it may come up later this episode. Why am I missing it? Is it like it's government? I counted that as oh, I counted that under when I said history, but that's that was uh, thinking, okay. I was thinking like maybe government or politics. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I don't I don't remember what the original context was for mentioning, but yes, uh, there there's a it it almost makes me feel bad because I'm like oh I'm doing it again, but I'm not doing it again. Reality is doing it again. Get more listen. Get, get new material, world. Half the fun is just that this is a naturalistic podcast that evolves into. Like that's what I like about twenty it. different conversations. I think that, and we eventually get back to it. As a listener, I often enjoy listening to podcasts like that, and I know that like people sometimes say, "Oh, well, like you know, people kind of want a little more cohesion." I think that 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 has its place, and that this other thing has its place, and I'm enjoying it. But at any rate, yeah, I don't want to take up too much time. I guess I should ask you guys to guess, so we don't so I don't eat your time for your facts. Uh, I just have a clarifying question. Are you saying that this happens regularly in no. Col Colorado, or no. that this did happen? Oh God, did you guys did you guys hear my my fake accent starting to come out there? I in Colorado. I didn't because I was God. responding as soon as I heard the question. But what did so do it again? M Colorado. What Miss Miss Mr. Honey Process almost came to visit. Oh, I wasn't sure what if that was supposed to be like what you think people from Colorado sound like. No, I, was like, I couldn't no, place that an was... accent to that state.
we should guess we have been going way long <laughs> yeah i just i just don't yes. want to eat into yeah my guess is that yes this did happen i'm gonna say yes also uh, wow i got you guys i made that up dang i made up nice. a cool rain so i i don't I, I mean, my one my one skeptical moment. I, Colorado isn't really corn country, yeah. so actually, there was it, a specific that, reason I picked Colorado to in relative to corn country because mm-hmm. I was originally going to say Nebraska, but I thought that was too blatantly corn country. So if you look, <laughs> the town I named in Colorado is real, and it's in East Colorado near the Nebraska border. And if you asked, my thing was going to be that that's like how all the fish rains are like things blowing in, like that it blew in from mm-hmm. Nebraska. Mm-hmm. nearby okay so that that was going to be the little thing well it's all you john nope it's I not it was you next. it's me yeah i'm, I, I'm, I'm dumb. on the back end this time okay <laughs> here is mine which maybe this is a new category of fact oh, oh, oh maybe oh we've discovered one so mine is that the long no, let me let me make this like very clear what i'm saying here the longest non-marathon game of Mahjong ever lasted for three years and only finished because the house it was being played in burned down while it was being played. I, ooh, okay. Here's now, the Now, I want to make a key that it's non-marathon, which would imply they're playing at 24-7. Yeah, this is more like a uh, like a chess game that two people come back Correct, to over yes. and over. The longest okay. marathon game of Mahjong was 33 hours in Russia. So, mm. so this is like by by non marathon, but by like you're saying this is like correspondence chess, kind of yeah. You, okay, not not necessarily, but like the where same idea. They put where it like, down and bring it's back being to it. played at least so x amount of time a day or whatever. But it's yeah. asynchronous or something like this. Yeah. Isn't, okay, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But the only reason My- it ended is because the place it was in burned down, and so they had to stop <laughs> playing. <laughs> Oh, so it's like they had the no. Okay, yeah. So they had the they had the. I don't know how the game is played, but they had it set up in the house, and they would come back and play every so often. And then they had the fucking house burned down. They lost it. Uh, mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, okay, here's I. There are games where I could where I would be like yes for sure. Like you could take a game of Monopoly, and if you only played like one turn a day, drag it out for the rest of your life. You know, but. I don't know how Mahjong works, and I feel like it's cheating to look it up. If I knew a little bit more about Mahjong, I feel like I would know more, but I feel like... Maybe for the scale, take what I said, which is a fact, which is the the longest marathon game of Mahjong was yeah. 33 hours. Right. And that, that makes it believable that it could take place over years to me. Yeah. Like, I guess the thing with the definition of marathon is, like, for example, a game of poker is... When do you want to stop playing hands? When do you run out of money? Right, like there's no end state, so I don't it's, know. It's if... it's also like one could also argue that each hand is itself an independent game. That's how I That's, feel about poker. I guess That's the match other thing is too. a better one. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, man. Now, hmm. now, what I'm gonna so in terms of people's weird quote unquote quarantine hobbies, I'm, I think you accidentally just gave me an inkling to look up how to play mahjong and and, and then play it. Maybe I, I don't. I think until I'm about sixty-five, and also uh, someone's <laughs> grandmother, I'm not allowed. But uh, well, isn't, there's a difference between like the mahjong that's like on our computers and actual mahjong, right? Because one is it's like I've never played game. either. One is one is a matching. One is actually, in fact, competitive. Yeah, and like, that's is, the one I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the matching one. Is the one? Yeah. Are you so? I've never. Are you talking about the Windows one? I've never yeah, played it. That's not really playing? mahjong. 
Yeah, are you implying it's not. that? So I'm, my understanding is that the real game is like a, like you're saying, it's like a competitive, like real game. You're telling yes. me that the win, the thing on Windows is like a watered down matching game, but they just called it the same thing. Pretty Absolutely. Much. That's kind of bizarre to me. I would feel a little insulted if I were a big Mahjong fan, but all right. You find it amaz- You find it weird that a, a Western company bastardize something from the east for their own purposes that's that's absolutely crazy Wild. that would never happen yeah but it's just like damn they couldn't have at least just like called it a different name <laughs> just like changed the name majong yeah <laughs> majong majong mojang the, the, oh no wait, wait a minute a wait a, I, wait. I, I, oh, my, no. No, microsoft owns that doesn't don't they whoa that'd be fine they do hmm. yeah I'm the thing is I'm very aware of the fact that mahjong is like a properly pretty competitive game, but because I do associate it with old people, I'm imagining some cutthroat grannies at some of these <laughs> uh, mahjong events. Where where was this house again, Chris? This this one was also in Russia, just like the other one. Mm. The marathon and and was in Russia, and then this was also in Russia, and which he, apparently and is big the, into mahjong. Also, I don't know why. Yeah, I was gonna say I mean, you it, said that the. Um, that the marathon was like real and you were giving that to us. So clearly Russian people actually do really like this game. I mean, it makes sense that it would like spread into Russia. Russia is like largely Asian. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like by, by just by like geography. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's one of those things where like, I just, I feel like no, I've talked about this before. Nobody knows what the hell's going on in Russia. I don't mean that like politically. I just mean like, imagine someone's day to day life in Russia. You can't. I, you know, considering that I do follow the blog weirdrussians.tumblr.com, yeah, yeah it's I, I have some idea. That. I feel like it's and like it's just surrealism. I feel yeah, like, it's our, like our life, except there's a lot less, I don't know, freedom chanting. Yeah, That's also, <laughs> except there's a, there is perhaps more of a different kind. Yeah, sure. that also. So over all in all, who's to say Russia is just America but Russian? Uh, yeah. Yes. Just like how Russian looks like, uh, the alphabet looks like if you taught people the Latin alphabet, but that like aliens. The Greek alphabet? To, or, uh, I mean, either one but really. We use the Latin alphabet. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like if you taught aliens I the Latin alphabet the and then they tried to reconstruct it from memory use Arabic later. numerals. Like, it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. like you showed an alien the Latin alphabet and then didn't let them write anything down and then tested them from memory later. <laughs> you get the Russian alphabet. <laughs> And they also uh, wrote them down left-handed when they were right-handed as they were trying to tell course. you what it was. Well, yeah, because the, the backwards R and the backwards N are both, uh, like, valid, like, real Russian uh, characters. Like, they really they really do have, like, weird mirror language. I will say, I freaking love Russian naming conventions. Oh, Russian, Russian like, culture and linguistics and all, like, it, there's cool like, stuff going on, yeah. Like... The diminutives that, like, come with every single Russian name. Like, where else do you call someone named Victor Vitya or someone named Ivan Ilya? Like, I, I love that show. Or, like, Mary's Masha. Like, yeah, stuff like all, that. Right. They the all have, like, built-in built nicknames. In. It's yeah. wonderful. It's, it's it's just delightful. Man. Fun, fun Russian. Oh. Um, the I... I'm actually pretty solidly on yes, because the mental image I have here is the people who leave a puzzle to be done gradually in their house for a long time. And I can't yeah, imagine it makes that sense person's to me. house being burned down and then being screwed and you, over. And due to the nature of Mahjong, you literally could not recreate a physical game. What, like, what do you mean? 
Well, I mean, because it because tiles are hidden and covered, so you don't actually know the layout. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I'm going to go with yes as well. So you're both yes? Yes. Nah, dog. Oh. Ooh. But nah, the other dog. one is still true. Yeah, the other one's true. I have no idea if this is true. I saw the real one, and I made this one up. Wait, I'm curious about the real one now. Holy shit. They played for 33 hours? Yeah, it's uh, where'd it go? I've oh, thought wait. about doing stuff like I that. Did, I had just... searched when will Mahjong end to figure out <laughs> how he won a game of Mahjong. <laughs> Mahjong, longest game. Longest marathon game of Mahjong. Guinness World Records. The longest marathon playing Mahjong is 33 hours. Incredible. 48 minutes, th- 33 hours, 3 minutes, 48 seconds by Oleg Petrov, Anton Kontemirov, Mark Efremov, and Nikolai Demianov, oh, all Russia. Yeah, no, Mahjong is a four-person game. Man, I'm just like, you know how there's that marathon every year where people stream games and it's kind of like that except for charity where they'll play for like Game- 24, what? Games done quick? Uh... That's not the one I'm thinking of, but that's a. I'm thinking of what is it called? Uh, is this like Extra Life or whatever? Games Done Quick is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. But Games Done Quick is different people. And I'm just thinking about this other thing where people play continuously for like 24 hours. I've thought about doing that, and the idea exhausts me. I think if it were like a physical game where I had to like be moving pieces, like actually acknowledging. Yeah, it's way worse. Absolutely worse. Jesus, because I can't just like, like fall into a clump in my chair and like barely function that's that just sounds harrowing i want to know i want to know what the hell is going on with this game but i'm gonna i'm gonna let well uh, i want to know what the hell is going on in them's the ads So this ad read is going to be a little bit mean to Chris because he can't participate due to his lack of red meat. But Gabe and I really appreciate a good beef jerky to the point where I think it was actually Chris who pitched the idea of a jerky subscription box early on in the show's run. Well, guess what? That actually exists and you can get it by going to bit.ly slash jerkygentppn. Jerkygent is a leading subscription box that offers craft jerky brands curated from around the country, fully scouted and catered specifically to your spice and flavor preferences, delivered once a month from sunny Las Vegas, Nevada. So definitely check it out. Once again, the link is bit.ly slash jerkygentppn. That's bit.ly slash j-e-r-k-y-g-e-n-t-p-p-n. Okay. Here is a fact that is not up for debate. Often squirrels do not eat all of the nuts and seeds that they bury, and those nuts and seeds become saplings and often increase the foliage level and tree population in the area that they live in. Okay. Sure. Unfortunately, most of the squirrels around my house have decided they should dig up everything that they have buried. (laughs) Or maybe they're burying now. I don't remember which it is now. Do they bury them for the winter or in the winter? They they bury them for the winter. So I think they'd be anyway. They're probably burying a lot right Maybe now because a is. lot of there's a lot of holes. Yeah. All right. Here is a certain fact. Uh, here is a fact that is uncertain. 
that is uncertain. Yes, that one. Um, here's a fact that is uncertain, which is that as part of their wildlife recovery program during, uh, you know, after wildfires, the U.S. Forestry Service will often help to uh, bring in squirrels to try and help repopulate a burned down forest. It's like a squirrel loot crate. <laughs> well, in the forest. No, but I do like that idea. <laughs> where it's it's month, not not incorrect. You get a different kind of live squirrel on your. It's dorms. a giant loot crate that a bear opens, and it's full of squirrels. <laughs> I. So this is this is a thing. Uh, this is a fact I'll never use on the show because it's just too close to other ones that I feel like the topic's tired. But people used to keep squirrels as pets a lot, even though they're not yes. good at it. And, a, and, like, I wish squirrels were good pets. Like, I like them. They're cheeky little buggers. I think I think they're kind of cute. They are cheeky. I So you're saying that they, they take them into the forest because they do all this stuff where they spread all the nuts and seeds and acorns everywhere, and they're going to rebuild the forest because they bury it and they're, forget it. In they're the tree. part of the effort. They are part of the effort to rebuild the forest, yes, to reforest. Yeah. But there's no – but the forest burned down. So well, they, not the whole thing, presumably. But just most a large of, it. Portion yeah. of it. So, like, where are they going to find the nut? Do they give each one an acorn as they leave the box? Oh, <laughs> 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 well, I mean, the idea—the idea is they'll bring it. They'll bring them to areas that survived it that are like near other wildfire areas. I don't know a better then, way to say this, but I'm getting a very like yeah. homestead act feel from this, where they like give you a squirrel. <laughs> I was, like, I was getting. They start them at like the like the cornucopia of like nuts and acorns and they have to like go get them and bury them everywhere. I just I really was imagining just like a government program where they give every squirrel like 400 square feet and an acorn. <laughs> well, no, no. It's a, no, no, it's a squirrel. They only need like 100 square. They're little they're little guys, you know. That's the thing is you can you can make so many plots cuz they're so small. <laughs> Oh man, oh. I, I this is okay. This is actually a very cute mental image too. The squirrel homestead act, and the squirrels all go and and start their lives out <laughs> and out in the forest, like Un- the, until a squirrel decides that he wants somebody else's claim. Sure, but I I can't get over the <laughs> image then. of um, you know what's the term for the the covered wagons like squirrels and with Conestoga. Yeah, like squirrels with the Conestoga wagons. We're like not the, that far off from Fifel goes west. What's that? We real Fievel goes west. I don't know what that is. Like, you don't know about Fievel? Gabe, oh, Gabe, have you oh not seen gosh. American Tale? Is that I've, on a? Is that on Disney? Plus? I don't have. I don't have, I don't have any. It's, n- it's not a Disney. Eyes, ears, or limbs. I've never seen or heard anything. What? What is? What are we referring to? Here? Uh, American Tale. Okay, so an American Tale is about a uh, a Jewish mouse living in Russia who is the subject of pogroms by cats, um. who then immigrates to America. <laughs> Oh th- wait! Isn't that the isn't that the plot of the much darker comic Mouse? Well, the much darker comic Mouse is specifically about Auschwitz. Yeah. Yes, like the, yes. The Holocaust. This one is about the po- pogroms. Yeah. Okay, so different. Wait, but why? That still doesn't get me to the part where he's a mouse. But then again, neither did um neither did Stuart Little. So like, so he's sometimes a mouse. they just no. Make it's like an animated mice. film. It's an animated film. They're all mice. Well, yeah, oh, they're so, all mice. But the, but. But they are living. They are also living in in a reality with people. So it's like mice living in like the human world. So it's kind of like the Great Mouse Detective yeah, in a way. Yeah, similar like, to that. 
a similar kind of thing, which I'm sure you also haven't seen. Um, Maybe <laughs> not. But this is one but... of those Don Bluth films that he made after he left Disney and was making better films than Disney was. Yes, it's true. Huh. It's very good. I'm. I it am has a very good song in it. Now. The Five Goes should... West was really good, too. The th- Five Goes West was the sequel, and I think I, def- I watched it more than American Tale. It was a... but probably because it was a little less dark than American Tale, and I was a child. Is Amer- oh, I guess if it's about pogroms, it's probably fairly dark for a child, huh? Even if it's mice. L- little bit, little bit, like, yeah. Like, I don't... I, I know that if it's mice, they probably don't go, like, violence, violence, because no one wants to see that with the little cartoon. No, this, guys, isn't, but... this isn't Secrets of Nim. Did you know yeah. there's four of them? American there Tale? There's American there Tale, three of them. Fifle Goes West, The Treasure of Manhattan Island, and The Mystery of the Night Monster. Papa? Hmm. You know, someone's Chris. You're supposed to say Fivel. What did I say? Oh, you, I said, Sorry, I said, it's Papa? been. I forgot about that for a second. This has been so long <laughs> since I've seen it. You know, <laughs> this movie appears to be, uh, or one of these movies appears to have be, yeah. During during Hanukkah, it's set chronologically during that year, and I just want to say that rodents can eat chocolate. So the the little chocolate coins, they're they're I believe they're good to go. The gelt. Yeah, rodents <laughs> should be able to eat gelt. I I know rats can eat dark chocolate, and it's good for their respiratory systems. So I figure whatever the main character of American Tale is, although I don't know, like the the Lockus dude, oily stuff. I always feel weird about animals eating anything greasy or oily. I was <laughs> anything like super fatty. They don't know what they, they're getting into. They like it, but they should not. Yeah, they man. don't know any better. <laughs> Dumb uh, is the man. I don't. Don Bluth is really cool. I I can only associate that last name with Arrested Development, and I haven't even seen Arrested Development. Like, can you believe the same dude had this run of films? Secret of Nim, American Tale, Land Before Time, All Dogs Go to Heaven, and Anastasia. Right. Right. This guy really oh, likes animals. Dang. Just really. And he's into the dude animals. who made Dragon's Lair. The is the mm-hmm. game. Yeah, he's also the yeah. guy that made Dragon's Lair. But That's like why Dragon's Lair game. looks like a Disney movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. What dis what Disney movies was he staffed on before that? Like uh, a lot of them, I want to say. But it's interesting because he's so he was working at Fox, and then you have Brad Bird who was working like as an intern at Disney, and then he made Iron Giant with Warner Brothers. It's just it's just interesting the the creativity that Disney animators are able to accomplish. Once they leave Disney, he worked on Robin Hood, Winnie the Pooh, The Rescuers, yeah. and directed the animation of Pete's Dragon. And then he mm. left, made all these movies while Disney was terrible. Uh, well, okay. We're, no, okay. We'll play mm-hmm. this game. One second. We'll play, we'll play this okay, game. Okay, 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 hold on. I'm going to look on, up what on, came out for Disney between is, 82 is and 101 Dal- Dalmatians in there? Because that is a piece of art. Disney. One second. First, I have to search Disney on Wikipedia, which didn't give me what I wanted. God. <laughs> Disney I, animation? Like, what do I have to, to search? To, get to, be, to be fair, apparently Walt Disney, like, really hated, like, the Dark Ages films because they were using, like, Xerox machines and you could still see a lot, a lot of the sketch lines and stuff like that. But I think, like, being able to see the process, like, these messy animation cells made it prettier in a way. It reminds me of like, how people really liked, um, you know, you know when like Wind Waker was cell shaded and people were like, it looks cartoonish, and then five years later, people were like, actually, this is a pretty unique aesthetic. Like because it ages it way better. That's yeah. why people like it. Once it ages and you start playing other games around the same time and look at how bad they look, that's when people start mm-hmm. liking it. Yeah, attempting the realist, the realism look really only goes so far if you're, you know, like bounded by not really being able to get all the way there. Like, I mean, well you can even. Stick about it. 
you can even hear this on our other podcast on my other podcast we talk about like how good frozen looked when it came out relatively like and then how bad it looks oh, now i have the i have like the ultimate of this if you because i now that you pointed out you're right jimmy neutron if jimmy neutron looks like absolute oh, oh my hell garbage. god oh my god as a kid you watch it and you were like yeah sure you look at it now and it it looks like someone's fucking like high school project. In terms it looks of like animation. a PS2 cutscene. Yeah, yes, <laughs> everything from that time looks like a PS2 cutscene. All right, so I'm looking God. for animation that happened at Disney after Don Bluth left. Yeah. Uh, he didn't leave before Fox and the Hound. I don't think so. that one. I don't know. So after that, Fuck. in terms of animation, the first thing I see is an '85 Black Cauldron came out. But there's like nothing else. Black Cauldron, I Black is Cauldron's one that good, I but I'm revisit. saying like there like, is nothing between Fox and the yeah. Hound and Black Cauldron that's animated. Great Mouse Detective came after that, which was pretty. Great Mouse decent. Detective fucks. Um, I love that movie. Then Radigan. Then, Radigan is an. Then excellent Oliver villain. and Company comes out in '88. Billy Joel vehicle. Um, that's you gotta have and street then, And then '89 is when things start coming back because that's when Little Mermaid comes out. That's when Little Mermaid, ha- but. <sighs> Okay, here's here's a the hottest fucking take. I have no opinion on Disney. While, don't get mad at you. Okay, okay, okay. Alan Menken is a great songwriter, but the Disney Renaissance largely the movies got boring. I mean, I don't the totally songs disagree. The songs were very good, but they returned to formula, and it was they so do. boring. That's honestly like, my one of the reasons I don't have some of the fond memories of Disney movies that I feel like a lot of people do is by the time, you know, we were born and stuff, like I'm assuming that that era was kind of active that you're referring to. And I can't distinguish between them in my head because they just felt like they blended together. At least with the the foggy childhood memory. I sometimes forget most of those Disney movies came out before really I was old enough to remember them. But like I remember, yeah, I so remember like, like watching them as I was a kid, as if they were like new things, which is kind of interesting. Absolutely, Lion King well, might have actually been though. No, Lion so, King I mean, was ninety three. I'm on no, the page. Oh, okay, so here's everything okay. that came out before or within like a year of me being born. Okay, Rescuers, Rescuers Down Under, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, Not actually directed by Tim Burton. A lot of people think it is. It's not. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. The Lion King. Jungle Book. Oh, Jungle Book. Wow, that one. No, no, not, not no, that sorry, Jungle that's Book. The, that's the original live the, action it was one. The, yeah, sorry. The live action one, yeah. Uh, uh, Pocahontas. Toy Story. All those things well, were Toy Story's, out. Toy Story is Pixar. It was distributed by Disney. Yeah, but it counts. But at but that still, time, Pixar, I'm saying all at those that time things, Pixar was still it's like individual studio all those things came out when i was still like not old enough to know they were not new things basically yeah i think one of the first ones i really have a memory of seeing in the theater was uh mulan and i remember the first time i saw mulan i had so much secondhand embarrassment that i literally had to leave the theater yeah but i also like it's also like my favorite disney movie (laughs) Okay, I was going to say, so I had this, I have this childhood memory of watching A Bug's Life in theaters, and I was going to say that I think that's a false memory, because the times don't line up, but no, I just looked up when A Bug's Life came out. 98. Yeah, I would have just been, do you, is it weird to bring a two-year-old to a movie theater? I don't, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Bugs not Life for, was great. Not for theaters. a kids movie. I guess that's the answer. Maybe for Bugs Life. Bugs Life. Life had some pretty scary stuff in it. That bird was terrifying when I was that age. Man, I barely remember the details. I saw a scene from Bugs Life again recently, and I was like, "Yeah, it was like it was like basically like a." There was like a kind of like anti-capitalist scene in the movie. I was Bugs like, Life is absolutely an anti-capitalist <laughs> film. Yeah, jeez, that was really well. But it's also me. kind of a little bit anti-communist too. It, it it's 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 a bit in the middle because the entire point is like film. it is it, it it kind of is though because it's like the individual cannot thrive under the collective, but the collective should not be slaves to capital. Is kind of what it's saying. Man, it's pretty wild that like from what I remember, that's actually a like cohesive takeaway and maybe the conclusion we're coming to is Bugs Life is woke. Bugs Life is good. Bugs Life woke. If you can ignore the fact that, you know, we didn't know what Kevin Spacey was back then. So like, Oh, not even close. Is he the main locust? Yeah, the main grasshopper, yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know that. And like, Richard Kind is like the little brother grasshopper, I'm pretty sure. That's excellent. Sometimes I still discover these things. Like I'm re- I'm watching all of Criminal Minds right now, and I didn't realize that uh, what's her face that plays Emily Prentice Pageant was like the the like hot girlfriend that dated both Joey and Chandler. <laughs> I didn't realize that until like a little bit in, and I was like, man, this girl's familiar. Why? Man, is we she should so have familiar? a Boys Night Bugs Life rewatch. Boys Night Bugs Life. Yeah, <laughs> this is. I, I expect a lot of... I, I genuinely do expect a large number of small interpersonal gatherings in the coming months because there's going to be a time period where, like, you can hang out with five people but not 20, so you can, like, hang out but mm-hmm. not at a party. So, like, fuck, I'll watch a Bugs Life. I don't care. It sounds like a great <laughs> idea. Uh, Should honestly, we guess this fact? Oh, um, I... I f- the fact, as a reminder... Yeah, I remember it, but do the do it is that the U.S. Forestry Service uses squirrels as one of the many tools for reforestation after wildfires. A.K.A. the Squirrel Homestead Act. A.K.A. Exactly. the Squirrel Homestead Act. Episode title material, by the way. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. Mm-hmm. You already um, know it. Uh, I... Here's the thing. I... This... This is the best way to do it. So I'm going to go with it for that. Like... Planting acorns yourself sucks. I'm going to let the squirrels do it. I'm going to say I, yes. I'm going to say no because I think they would have to take into account the effect on the ecosystem. And All I think right. they can't just introduce a bunch of squirrels everywhere. But that's yeah. my personal take on it. So I'll say false. So we're at a yes and a no? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris is right. Damn. <laughs> no, it is true that squirrels... It is true that squirrels... Uh, can help repopulate trees but i completely made up the forestry service stuff hmm interesting yeah i kind of figured that like the the ecosystem thing is a good point i kind of figured that squirrels were already inherently part of the ecosystem and that you wouldn't like you're kind of trying to like offset an already weird balance or something but yeah uh i'm i'm pro i'm 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 liking the homestead squirrel act we've invented something for our furry now it is today it is true that Squirrels were largely introduced to city parks, like throughout the U.S., which is why there are so many of them. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and college campuses. <laughs> oh, that's funny because of the whole thing about how, um, you know, college how squirrels. Yeah, how yeah. every college for some reason has some squirrel. The thing is, so for those for those who don't know, ours 
ours was actually at least different than other squirrels in an objective sense because it was an albino squirrel. But other we than had, albino squirrels are a lot more common had, than you would think. We had two. Really? We had we had an albino squirrel and we had a con- entirely black squirrel, and they lived on East and West Campus respectively. Huh. Ooh. I've only that's the only albino squirrel I've ever seen. But I I've seen several in DC. Huh. The few times I've been there, and black squirrels as well. No, that's that's what happens when you have like these like urban squirrel populations. It's it's kind of similar to pigeons actually. Huh. How you see a lot more variation in pigeons in cities. You see a lot more variation in squirrels there too. Y'all want to do a listener fact? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do it. All right. Christine Savage, and she said that Sarah McLaughlin was sued for songwriting credits and royalties in 1994 when an Ontario fan named something I can't even try to pronounce, Uwe Vandre. Oh, I guess that was easier than I thought it was. Suter, he demanded songwriting credits and royalties because McLaughlin used portions of his letters to her as lyrics for possession. Vandre admitted that he was a stalker of McLaughlin's and that there was speculation that his claims were frivolous and a desperate attempt to get closer to her. This trial was delayed multiple times out of concern for her physical safety, and Vandre would go on to commit suicide before the lawsuit actually went to trial. But so, yeah. so the, the 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 TLDR version is Sarah McLaughlin got sued for songwriting credits because she stole portions of a stalker's letters for lyrics in a song. What? Well, well, the part first of all, I feel like you're is, entitled. Did she actually, like, was there a reasonable resemblance between the? That I don't know. That's not in this. Yeah. yeah the well, the, the, the name of the song is Possession. Now, would it break the fact if we were to look up the lyrics to this? I don't song? think so. Okay, good. I'm doing that right well, now. Yeah, I'll do it too. Sarah McLaughlin. Okay, I'm not going to do it because you're both already doing it. Um, There's no fun way to search this one. I've never, I've never heard of, I've never not heard of, I've never thought of her in any context. Oh, no, no, this could totally be it. Oh, no, this, okay, this kind of, I can see this now. The chorus is... I would be the one to hold you down, kiss you so hard, I'll take your breath away. Yeah. Oh. And after, I'd wipe away the tears, just close your... Ooh, woof. I can see it. Okay. Oh, Christ. Mm. So, also, like... You speak to me in rhymes. My body aches to breathe your breath. Your words keep me alive. Oh, man. I could see this. Yeah. And also, like, there's a pretty storied history of weird musician stalkers, like... You ever talk to people who are into K-pop about the, like, worst examples from that industry? There's some really mm. bad stuff. I have no doubt that... Honestly, the first thing I thought of with, like, creepy stalker fan kind of, like, actually having some relevance on the on the person was, like, the Jodie Foster thing. Like, this shit happens all the time. Nothing stands between us here, and I won't be denied. <laughs> Man, as much as these are definitely stalkerish things, like, in this song that could be real stalker letters... Why did so many songs sound like this in the 90s, lyrically? Because it was cool to be like this in the 90s. It was finally okay to be horny on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, no, I mean, yeah. Well, it's okay to be overtly horny on the radio is what you really meant. Yes, it is is what I really meant, to be honest. Um, So, yeah, what do you guys think here? Um, I think this is true. I think this is true. And the, the level of detail there, if it's not true, is very impressive. Yes. I, uh, I think it's true just because if it was like she lost, I would feel weird about it. But since it's just that she got sued, I can see it. 
Oh yeah, it doesn't even specify the result. Yeah. So well, it said like, that well, he died. The, the lawsuit never came he to trial. He died before it actually went to trial. Died. If, oh. this, if this fact was not that, and it was like, and she lost, I'd be like, I don't know, man. Anyway, let's. I see. feel like she, she could have lost, but wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been awarded a big portion. Probably. Let's see what it <laughs> yeah, is. I don't know how that it works. is true. Damn. I. Mm. I is there like a Wiki, Wikipedia article for this dude? Is there a list? There should be a Wikipedia article that's like list of celebrity stalkers. I feel like it's notable at this point. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, I Whoa. I can honestly say that I I have never I've never thought of Sarah McLaughlin's music outside of the things where people are always like, oh, she's the one in the commercials with the sad animals. That's what I always think of people mentioning her. So yeah, I'm gonna read about this really quick, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. I'm on mm -hmm. the Wikipedia article for the song Position, which has its own Wikipedia article. Probably for uh, this reason, right? Well, no, because it was also like a single, I think. From the It was album. a single, yeah. Uh, Position, possession is written from the viewpoint of a man obsessed with a woman and was inspired by consistent fan letters to McLaughlin sometime before the writing of the song from a programmer from Ontario named Uwe Vandre, who sued McLaughlin mm. for using his words without crediting him. So huh. I guess she actually did use his words, too. Yeah, I mean, without crediting him, I guess. I don't know the legality of that. I'd imagine that... Imagine being the, the judge who's got to do that one, but I guess that's true of a lot of cases. I'm seeing if, like... Oh, man, I found his letter. Oh, no. Oh, this look. I don't want to keep reading this because this looks. Yeah. This, well, the reason I don't want to keep reading this is the website that it's on right now looks like one of those like creepy pasta websites. It is the real letters, but it looks like a total creepy pasta website where you keep scrolling Ugh. and at some point there's like a jump scare. So I'm just gonna. Oh, close that. you're just gonna not deal with that today. I'm just not gonna deal with that mm -hmm. today. Not gonna play the the creepy maze game where the girl comes out at the really narrow end. Yeah. You anyway, know. You know. Yeah. We're a part of the pocket podcast network. Yeah. Um, once again, I am dumb and don't know exactly the status of, uh, you know, shows under these circumstances, but I think things are still going along pretty well. Honestly, uh, most people are pretty happy to just record from home and have that to do. I know we are, and I'm, you know, I'm happy you're all here, whoever's listening. Exactly. Um, so pocketpodcastnetwork.com. Check out uh, what's going on on there. Um, if any of... The rest of you have well, intro and outro music. I'll let one of you say it, so I don't say everything. Yeah, it's "Never Far" by James Hunter USA, which is now performing under the name New Weirdos. So you could check out their music anywhere you can find music. And hey, if you want to help the show out, you can feel free to uh, follow us on Spotify or leave us a review on iTunes. Lots of different ways to support the show. What really helps us, though, is if you have a fact or a not-so-true fact that you think might be fun to have read on air, you can go to AbolishUnits.com and submit that fact, and you can try and test us. Yeah, you really can go to Abolish Units. Chris owns it. It'll redirect you. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I would do nothing else. And I apologize to all my um, followers about hating units for the earlier discussion in which John used a lot of unit talk. <laughs> uh, really uh, excuse me that wasn't that wasn't me that was victor honey process yeah, whatever <laughs> Wait, I, I usually don't like having that much unit talk on this show because i know it's a tough subject for some people <laughs> but, uh... oh man <laughs>
<sighs> Until next time, don't believe everything you hear. Oh,